0: hi my name is carolyn bellamy our second reading is from the gospel of matthew chapter 6 starting verse 9. pray then like this our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts As we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The word of the Lord. Would help if I turned my mic on. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you that you are Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as we. said and reminded ourselves and joined in the centuries of men and women who have proclaimed that truth and that as that Trinity you want to be with us and to pull us closer to you, Um, we come through all the things that we've had in our lives, all the different situations represented in this room this week, joys and sorrows, successes and failures, completions and beginnings, many of us on the cusp of summer and what that'll mean for family and work and school and so in that flutter of things, we ask you to uh, speak clearly to us, to meet the needs of us who are here in a way that only you can use me merely as a vessel to connect these men and women to you and you to them, and help us understand your word in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Um, again, good morning, and my name is Dean Miller, and I'm one of the staff here and delighted to be with you this morning. Um, We are continuing a series in the Lord's Prayer this morning. We've been in that since mid-April, and we'll be looking at one particular line like we have been going through a line at a time. And as I was reflecting on that line this week, I was reminded of 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 one of the legacy events in our family. You know, you have those stories that are sort of legacy stories that you come back to. So um, the summer of 2014, we spent several weeks as a family in England and France. And the time in France, we were in a small little village uh, in northeastern Fran- northwestern France outside Lorient. So this really beautiful little village, staying with some friends. And like every small French village, of course they had a great bakery with br- great bread. And so we went there. First thing we did really the first afternoon we got there was go by and get bread. And then the successive mornings, typically I would take the kids. My kids' spiritual gift is arising before 5 a.m. And so we would be up, and we would gather together and, and stumble across some train tracks down to the bakery. And my wife speaks French, and I don't. And so the kids would be concerned because they would look at me, this, this is the first morning particularly, like, I said, hey, why don't we walk down, we'll get some bread, we'll bring it back, we'll surprise mom, we'll have warm French bread right out of the oven. And they're like, mm, I don't think you have the goods, dad, you... How do you? What do you think you can do to get that bread? And I, as a brash American who's been overseas, think with warmth, hospitality, and the ability to say thank you in two or three languages, I figured I could get bread from a French bakery. So we we walk down. It's a good half-mile walk. Kids ambling along. Again, this very like picturesque from a French movie village. Get to the bakery. Of course, the ladies couldn't be nicer, and the kids just merely need to point, and we get bread. My, my status goes up a little bit. I didn't really speak, so I didn't really, you know, not that much, but at least we got bread and brought it back. And of course it was stunning bread, right? Like chocolate croissants, French bread, baguettes, all the lovely uh, pieces of French bread culture. So take a second and think about, like, bread. Does anybody here like bread? Right, not if you can, okay, let's take the gluten issue. Let's pretend Jesus came and made everybody here able to eat gluten, would you have a favorite bread? Would you want bread today, right? Bread is, is pretty great. We love it so much at this church, we offer it to you as you leave after worship, right? We have bread out in the hallway with butter. It's, it's the historic part of this church every Sunday. And again, this morning in our series on the Lord's Prayer, we're going to look at this petition, give us this day our daily bread. Remember the goal of this series, like success for this series is that you are praying and interacting with God in a deeper way than you were when we started mid-April. Success isn't great sermons from the people here preach. Success is you being invited and, and responding to the invitation to develop deeper intimacy with God and involvement with his plans for the world. Because what we believe as Christians and especially as Anglican Christians, which we've touched on a few times in this series, is that interacting with God is fundamental to being fully human. What we're doing is inviting one another to being fully human. If you remember, we started our series with this, the, uh, a little Anglican history, and I talked about this particular Latin phrase. Lex orandi, Lex Credendi, Lex Vivens, which is the law of praying is the law of believing is the law of living. What we believe is as we pray, we pray standing on and forming our belief our theology, and that theology affects how we live. And we come now to this line, which is a big moment in the prayer. If you remember the organization of the prayer, it starts with this address, Our Father, and then there are three petitions directly related to God and His work, and then three petitions directly related to us and God's work, and then a doxology. And so we are, we are now shifting several weeks into this series into the three petitions directly related to us and God's work. We have started where we needed to with God. We begin with who God is. Who is God and then who are we? That's always the right way to ask and answer a question. But now we're, we're going to us and God's work, and again, we're going because our Savior Jesus is teaching us to pray, it's on his direction, but it might feel a bit odd. Because we've been praying about things like kingdoms coming and heaven and earth, pretty vast things. Hallowed be thy name god all over the earth and now we're praying about sourdough and whole wheat bread. I mean, are we does god really want us to do this? Is this really important? Does this line pack as much meaning? Is it as important maybe as the other lines in the whole prayer? And as we study we'll see it packs a whole punch. And it begs from us, again, this understanding, why is Jesus inviting us to pray this way? So we're just gonna go word by word, really, through this simple petition and ask, what do these words mean as we stitch it together for ourselves? What does the word give mean in this context? Something we have not discussed yet in full or much as we've gone through the prayer are the verbs and verb tenses in the prayer. And perhaps as we've been doing this, or perhaps many of us have been praying this since we were kids, for decades and decades, perhaps these verbs have made you a little bit uncomfortable. Because as you pray them, you begin to realize the verbs are in the imperative mood. These are verbs in the imperative mood. Hallowed be thy name. Make your kingdom come. Your will be done. And frankly, the tone can seem a bit bossy (laughs) for us humans. Who am I to tell God, hallowed be your name? He's doing a pretty good job of that on his own. This is the mood in the Greek of command. It's a forceful tone of command, and it's not a tone you would ever use with a superior. But these are not to be gentle requests. Again, this is Jesus teaching us to ask the Father boldly and forcefully, this unique command. And it's a touch like a child commanding a parent. Make my breakfast. How well does that go in your house? Probably not great. But while in the imperative mood, the verbs are also in the passive voice. So the the truer understanding would be the way these are crafted are be hallowed, be done, become. And it softens the tone. So it would be more like a child coming to a parent and saying, Mom, you alone make the cake that I love. You alone are capable. I cannot do it. Please make me a cake that you alone in all the world could make. The theology behind this is super important. It's passive because we're asking God to do things only God can do. The prayer is not let us hallow your name, but Lord, you hallow your name and use us to do it. Jesus is teaching us humbly and reverently in partnership to ask God to do what only he can do. We are not the chief actors in the drama. Lord, let me hallow your name. Sit down, I got I'll do that. That's not what we're praying. So the give here is this broad understanding of asking God to do something with bread that only God can do. Give us, give us this day our daily bread. Even if I spent all week baking bread to give all of you bread, I probably still wouldn't have been able to do it this week. And for sure I wouldn't have been able to do it to the other people in Vienna that were praying this prayer this morning. And we might assume, again, that it's sort of this, we went from hallowed be thy name to to sourdough bread, what's going on? But if we've been paying attention, we know that God is, transcendent and imminent, concerned about all of the universe and concerned about you and me down here on the earth. We've been looking at this really since Genesis 1 and 2 last summer. God created the world and committed to it. He set creation in motion. The very reason grain becomes bread is because of how God made the world. It's amazing. When you get a piece of bread after church this morning, hold it for just a second before you eat it and look at it. Go, this is amazing. He wants to give us this day our daily bread. He knows we need daily bread and he can do it for all of us. That's what the give means here. Then the prayer, Jesus goes on and he teaches us again, right? Give us this day our daily bread. What does the us and our mean? You and I are not told to pray to God, give me my daily bread. Doesn't mean you don't need bread. Jesus could have taught us that. But we're supposed to pray give us our daily bread because we're connected to others. It's amazing and it's gracious, which means it's undeserved. If you and I have more bread than we can eat, which is probably true for all of us, there are more more loaves of bread in my refrigerator at home than I will eat this week. The omnivores in my house will help, but there's more bread than I deserve for sure. This is William Barclay, we are taught to pray, not give me my daily bread, but give us our daily bread, which precludes all selfishness in prayer. He who prays this petition by the very form of the words is committed to a life in which he cannot have too much while others have too little. So by praying this prayer, you're not just again praying for yourself. You're actually being pulled into a larger life of faith to say, Lord, not only do I'm asking you to provide for me, but I'm asking you to provide for everybody. Give us our daily bread. And again, each of the weeks I've preached in this series, we've pointed out a little bit of how this prayer is connected to what it means to be a disciple in an Anglican church or family setting. And this will be the Anglican commercial for this week, is this line. Being Anglican, and being in particular a disciple of Jesus who is formed by being Anglican, means being connected to a global family. Our understanding of us and our is a global family. We've heard a little bit about that over the last few weeks from the big conference in Rwanda last month, the GAFCON conference that Richard Crocker was a part of. Now we're not the only church that believes in a global family. You don't have to be Anglican to do that, you shouldn't be. All Christians are a global family. But this is a unique family of over 85 million men, women, and children around the world who are committed to loving Jesus in this particular way. And we seek to be a means to, of us and our bread provision in places like Nepal and Chile over the years because that's places where we've given as a church financially. We started our worship with what's called the Collect, the prayer for purity. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open and all desires are known. Well, that prayer has already been prayed today in New Zealand and in Hong Kong and Sri Lanka and Rwanda, in England and Nigeria. And it's gonna be prayed later today in New Mexico and Seattle and Hawaii. And what we're praying as we gather and pray the Lord's Prayer is we want all those brothers and sisters to have bread too. Because we're not being taught by our Savior to pray just for us. We're being asked to pray for us an hour. We believe that we can be a part of answering this prayer for others, tactically, financially, in an active way, It's part of the joy of being a believer, helping provide for our brothers and sisters around the world. Part of the way God answers this petition when you and I pray pray it is through his people. Martin Luther has such a great phrase on this. He says, God works through means. God works through means. It's one of my favorite theological statements. And you and I are the means very often on this prayer. Therefore, in us and in our bread... We're concerned not about us just having enough, you and me individually, or the circle of influence of your family or your neighbors, but for the world, to caring for others through our actions. So give, give us. Our, what's daily mean? This is a unique word when you read the scholars through the centuries on this, we have a hard time. We have been parsing out what this means because the word for daily here It's called epiousion. It's a Greek word, and it's used exactly one time in the entire New Testament. And it's never used anywhere else in Greek literature. One of the ways you figure out meaning is you see where it's used other places in the Bible and where it's used in other Greek literature. And you're like, oh, shoot, this is the only place it's used. And it's important. It's Jesus saying something and encouraging us to do it. So down through the centuries, the church has tried to understand some of the things that we believe. Maybe it means... We're just to pray for Jesus himself. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. That's sure important. Is that what Jesus is teaching us to pray here? Is it communion bread, which certain seasons of the church uh, history have had where the sacrament is more highlighted, and so maybe it's just bread of communion. Maybe it's the bread of God's word and knowing and understanding the scripture. All of these are super important and great things But I don't think that's what daily means here. And the the wealth of commentators would agree with me on this, that it's actually simpler than that, that what it means is daily means daily. Really, for the coming day, for the coming 24 hours. Give us this day our coming daily bread for the next day. This is the Heidelberg Catechism of 1563. Give us this daily bread means be pleased, God, to provide us with all our bodily needs so that we may acknowledge that thou art the only source of all that is good and that without thy blessing neither our care and labor nor thy gifts can do us any good. Therefore, may we withdraw our trust from all creatures and place it in thee alone. Jesus is asking us to trust God and his Father to, that he loves us enough that we could bring our daily needs to God. Again, we started the prayer with our father and we touched on how significant a phrase that is because as we said then, you and I matter to God. That's amazing news. And that God is looking at you and saying, I know you need daily bread. Come on, ask. I have a couple slides coming up that are longer and I'm quoting people I love because they are saying this so much better than I could. This is from one of my preaching heroes, a man named Darrell Johnson. This is a prayer for a balanced diet, for more than bread, for vegetables and meat and milk, and for all that comprises a balanced diet. It is a prayer of weather patterns enabling crops to grow in abundance. It is a prayer for wisdom and strength of the farmers who plant and nurture and harvest the crops. It is a prayer for truck drivers who move the crops from the farms to the producing plants and then to the markets. It's a prayer for CEOs of companies that oversee the movement of goods, It's a prayer for grocery clerks and those who stock the shelves. We're asking the Father to attend and sustain the whole process from the planting of the seeds to the placing of baked bread on the table when we say, give us this day our daily bread. And we're praying it again for the world. Not just you and me, but for God to provide for the world. Look at all, that's a stunning set of understanding. Look what God is inviting you and I into when you say, give us this day our daily prayer. God works through means. Have you ever been in a store here in the area when the, like the guys are stocking in the morning, maybe there when the bread guy is stocking the bread? Right? The next time you're there, you could walk out to him and go, Hey, man, you and me, I've been praying for you. Thank you for serving God this way. You're doing awesome with that bread. Way to go. He will look at you like you're crazy, but you would be theologically correct. Give us this day our daily bread. That's what we're praying for. That's how committed God is to the process. Christians are not people disconnected from the world. We're actually connected in a way that other people don't even get because God loves this world and we're trying to love it with him. Truck drivers, CEOs, farmers, give us this day our daily bread. This is exciting, super exciting. So what what does bread mean then? What does bread mean? Again, people wrestle, does it mean communion bread? Bread has all kinds of meanings and amazing stories throughout the Old and New Testaments, right? Bread, again, might sound just a little bit wimpy, though, right? Like, Lord, I'm, is that all God thinks I'm concerned about, just a loaf of bread? This is back to Martin Luther. Again, this is a stunning understanding of this phrase. Daily bread means everything we need for our bodily well-being. So imagine this as you're praying this line this morning later during communion. This is what you're praying for. Food and drink, clothes, shoes, house and home, land, animals, money and goods, a godly husband or wife, devout children, good workers, honest and faithful leaders, good government, good weather, peace, health, law and order, an honorable name, faithful friends, trustworthy neighbors, and things like that. Luther had such a a lovely vision of the world and God being a part of all of it. We've been encouraging one another in this series to try and pray this prayer every day before you leave the house at nine or by nine if you're working from home. So if you are, you have prayed for all of this in the morning. You might need to sit down after you're done. Whew! Animals, home, land, money and goods, good government, faithful leaders, godly husband or wife, devout kids. What breadth So that means that Jesus is inviting you and I because his dad who loves us sent him to die for us and is as concerned about those things as you are. Look again at this list. Just raise your, is there anything on that list that you are concerned about and might be praying for right now? Anything at all? I bet almost all of us. Jesus is teaching us wholeheartedly to boldly call on his father for these needs and concerns. Again, this sort of interaction is what it means to be fully human. And then that he's developing your trust because again he's not saying, "Dear God, give us this day our weekly bread." Because we have the biblical pattern of the Old Testament, right? And of manna, which came every day for 40 years. And you remember what happened the first time they got the manna? Moses had been really clear. Take As much as you need for how many days? One day. But some folks took for more than one day. I would have been right at the top of that list. What happened to the like second day bread? Maggots. Really lovely word. Yuck. What you and I are being invited into is not any different than what Israel's being invited into. Trust God and trust him with his provision for daily bread. It's vast and simple. We're being trained to ask for God for basics and to guard our hearts from the idols that might form greed or coveting or envy. God really drilled this into me once um, before my senior year of college. I was moving into an uh, on-campus apartment with a friend of mine, and we didn't really have anything for that apartment, chairs, couch, beds, and we thought we'd love to have a few things just to be able to live, and also, it'd be nice to have a place where people felt good coming by, that it was hospitable. People, we would have to be a place that was a place of hospitality. So I sat down one morning, and I said to God, these are the things I would like to have before that apartment, before I went to college. And it was things like dishes, a blender, a TV, a stereo, a couch. And about three or four weeks later, I, I, people had been slowly providing, people had been my friends and my parents, a couple across the street got married, and they're like, oh, we don't need any of these old dishes. So we had a whole set of dishes. My folks had an old couch that they're like, you know, you could just take that couch. Why don't you take that couch? Friend gave us a TV, totally out of the blue. And so a week or so before we supposed to college, I went back to my list and I realized everything on that list had been provided. Now, none of it was new, right? I didn't get like a really flashy, multi-channel TV back when I was in college, I didn't have that anyway. But I didn't get a spanking new blender. But everything I'd put on that list, got it provided. And now I know many decades later that when we are in places where I know that the list is begging my trust of my father, I go back to that story and I go, okay, Lord, you provided that old TV and it worked fine. And it was daily bread and that I was happy for it. I didn't need a fancy TV. But you taught me that I could trust you with that daily provision. And my deepest prayer for you is that you would have stories like that too. I pray you'd be happy with some daily basic TVs or blenders because you'd know God loves you enough to provide that for you. This is the Saint Gregory of Nyssa. So we say to God, give us bread, not delicacies or riches, not magnificent purple robes, golden ornaments or precious stones or silver dishes. We pray neither for herds of horses and oxen or other cattle in great numbers, but only bread. We ask God to help us cling to what is necessary. Dear God, help us be content with the manna in the morning. So as we close, I just wanna leave this slide up there. I want you to look for that, at that list for a second. In a minute, I'm gonna pray, and you in the quiet of your own heart can, can take the, the clause that, strikes you and you know, this is what I'm asking God for when I pray for daily bread. You also might, as we come to communion, think about somewhere else in the world where you wanna pray that God would provide them bread. You can be a part of that answer by us offering to the Lord places where we know people are struggling for food or in war like in Sudan. This is a great summary quote on this passage by Dallas Willard, who many of you have read. Today I have God, and he has the provisions. Tomorrow, it will be the same. I will have God, and he will have the provisions. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you on this Ascension Sunday, that we can hold fast to you interceding for us. And not someone who doesn't understand what it means to live on this frail, finite world and wonder where a meal is going to come from. You know, Lord, what particular daily needs and concerns we have. We offer those to you. We ask you to fill them. Again, I pray that my brothers and sisters here would have stories of you providing for them in ways that show them your love and deepen their contentment and trust in you. And we do, Lord, lift up the millions around the world who are in need of food today. We for sure couldn't tell you what to do, but we join in the invitation of Jesus to say, give them daily bread as well. Use us to do it where we can be a part of that. Use others, open hearts that we would not be content that we have bread and others don't and provide through all the means of bread in ways only you can. In your holy name, amen.